0: as usual, y'all, the the worship, fantastic, right? I mean, um, and I can tell you, I was, um, no lie, I was totally wrapped up, and and the the lyrics, the music, everything was so wonderful. I mean, I'm taken into heaven, I mean, where I'm at, the throne room of God, and and I had this thought, I promise you, I thought, I thought, man, I feel so sorry for the poor sap that has to come and preach after that. (laughs) (laughs) man. Yeah, yeah, God is able, amen. And, and, um, and I, I fell out of heaven and just went right over there. So just it's exceptional. And I, I you know, um, I really do believe that with the words, the lyrics, and the music, it does it does what I think really a sermon really can't. And and so, um, but we'll we'll see what a sermon can do and what God can do with somebody like me. Okay, and uh, we're. Um, we're, we're going to look at two, actually two passages this morning. One's a very familiar Christmas passage in Luke chapter 2, and, um, but we're going to also, I'll read from 1 uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 1, and uh, the passage uh, I'll, we'll read from, the, the Luke passage is a very familiar Christmas passage, uh, and then the 1 the, uh, Corinthians passage uh, will seemingly have no connection. I'm going to try to connect them. Uh, the best I can, certainly, and, and show you something that God laid on my heart. And uh, So let's begin with the reading of God's written word, and um, we'll jump right into the sermon. Here is God's written word. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they, and they were filled with fear. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as had had been told them. Now I'm going to jump ahead to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26-31. to For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards. Not many uh, were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom in our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. This is the written word of God. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, uh, it, is, it is good to be in your presence. To, to look into your face and to, uh, to know the truth of Christmas, to know the truth of the gospel, to know um, our lowly standing and how you reached down and pulled us up. And, and so, Father, let us uh, relive that continually. Let us see again the truth of Christmas. Let us understand the gospel uh, in a new and a fresh way. Let, us, let grace wash over us. Let us feel truly again the joy of our salvation. Father, do this for us, and through me, in Christ's name, amen, amen, amen. All right, here's a question uh, this morning. Um, I don't know where to put this thing. (laughs) Here's the question for us this morning. Um, uh, Who is Christmas for? I think the the proper English is, for whom is Christmas, but it doesn't sound right. It sounds better to say, uh, who is Christmas for? Uh, The answer I want to give is that Christmas is for losers, Christmas is for losers. Um, And to that I say praise God. (laughs) Amen. Because because here's the truth. We're all losers. And here's grace. Christmas is for losers. For us. For us. It truly is. Now how do I know that Christmas is for losers? Well, um, of all the people that God could have sent the, the angel of the Lord to, and then the multitude of angels to, to pierce the darkness for, their, for the glory of the Lord to shine and announce the best news that anyone had ever heard or anyone would ever hear of all the people in the world, he chose to come to shepherds. To shepherds that are out in the field. He came to announce to them. And Well, what do we know about shepherds uh, at least 2,000 years ago? Well, one of the things we know about shepherds uh, during the time of the birth of Christ uh, the shepherds were near the bottom of the social status. I mean, they were there with a whole bunch of other folks that were marginalized and at the, sort of the bottom of the social status. Uh, they were considered robbers and cheats. Um, they would uh, steal from their employers. They were known for stealing. They would steal uh, you know, milk from the goats. They would steal wool, and, and lambs would go missing. Um, and so even to the point where rabbis would warn against ever purchasing goat's milk or wool or a lamb, they would warn not to purchase them from shepherds. They would forbid the purchasing them from shepherds. In fact, also, um, shepherds were seen as such sort of low-life folks, uh, robbers and cheats, that in Jewish courts, they couldn't be a witness. They wouldn't allow them to be witnesses. And so we asked the question of all the people in the world, uh, why would God choose shepherds? to announce the greatest news ever. Um, And and truly of all the hated people, I mean, we would take shepherds and they would be in a group of like with tax collectors and prostitutes. Like, well, why didn't God come to prostitutes and sort of make the announcement? Um, I think the sort of the the church Christmas pageant would be kind of interesting, you know? (laughs) You know? You know? You know? I mean, mommy, I got picked to be a prostitute. Yeah, so. um, I'm kind of going a long way here, so, so keep coming with me. Uh, why, <laughs> why shepherds? Why shepherds? Uh, one of the first clues, one of the things we can look at is right at the beginning of the Luke 2 passage that we read. It says, and in the same region. It starts off that way. So if we had read the things prior to that, we would have seen that was when Mary and Joseph had to go back to Bethlehem for the census, and they were in the city of David, Bethlehem. And so then it says in the same region, and so this is the region where David grew up. This is the region from where David came. Um, When I was uh, uh, back in the 80s, my parents retired, and they bought a a house in Section Alabama. Do we know, anybody know where Section Alabama is? It's near Scottsboro. I see that hand. Yeah. Um, It's in near Scottsboro, Alabama, up the, across the river and up the mountains on Sand Mountain, just a tiny little town. And at least in the 80s and the 90s, it's been a long time since I've uh, been back there. My parents moved away a while ago. Um, but on the outskirts of town, it said, you know, Section Alabama. And it said, uh, Home to Tammy Little. And then, you know, if you wonder who it was, it says underneath, Miss Alabama, 1984. This tiny town. I don't know what they thought of themselves before 1984. <laughs> But after 1984, it was the home of Tammy Little. It was, it was. They You know, that's that gave them pride. It was that. That's that region knew. That's where Tammy Little was from. The shepherds in this region, who were shepherds near Bethlehem, knew who came from Bethlehem. That was the home of David. You know, um, you know, Mr. Israel, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but he was, the, he was the king, right? He was the shepherd boy who became king of all of Israel, and that region was known for that. And so these men, these shepherds, you know, cons- you know, the lowest on the rung of the social status, more than likely illiterate, would have never read this, but they would have heard it. They would have heard this in the synagogue. They would have known these stories from God's Word. They would have heard this about David. Uh, this is from 2 Samuel 7. Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. You know, this is local boy does well, right? He's, he, he's now famous. He is king of Israel. They would have heard this in uh, on Psalm 78. He chose David, his servant, and took him from the sheepfolds. From following the nursing ewes, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. And so we see that lowly David is brought high. He becomes king. In that region, they knew about David. They associated themselves... He, This is the king of Israel. Uh, David is from our part of the world. And if they had been listening, if the shepherds had been listening really close to the stories, they, they would have, may have heard this from Micah. This is from Micah 5. Um, and they would have known that not only did David come from Bethlehem, but there was going to be another shepherd. Another shepherd was going to come from Bethlehem. But you, O Bethlehem, it says in Micah 5, in Micah 5 "...but you, O Bethlehem, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah..." You know, this is like the section Alabama of Israel, evidently. You know, it's tiny. Um, "...from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient of days. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure... For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. The, these shepherds would have known there was going to be one, a greater shepherd that was going to come. And they, should have, they would have known that from that region, again, another shepherd, a great shepherd would come. And when Jesus came and Jesus um, walked on the earth, he referred to himself as that good shepherd. Um, and in fact, as we see like in the Gospels, As Jesus walked among the people, you know, as he touched them and and as he um, engaged with them, as he healed many of them, as he sort of, yeah, I can just imagine him looking across a crowd of people and seeing the faces and looking into their eyes, just like a a, a good shepherd would caring for the flock, caring for the health of his flock. Um, Matthew 9 reads this way. And what I'm doing here is I want us to pick up the momentum that's coming from all of Scripture that there is something about a shepherd. There's something about how we need to associate ourselves with shepherds, but then we need to see Jesus as our shepherd. Now, this is what it says in Matthew 9. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then as Jesus um, is here as a shepherd from Bethlehem, as just like David, the, but he is the good shepherd. This is how Jesus refers to himself in a famous passage in John 10. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Amen. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Like King David, uh, Jesus is the Shepherd King. That's who He is. And one day, upon His throne, He's going to gather all His people. He's going to gather all the people, everyone together. And like a good shepherd, He's going to separate the sheep from the goats. This is what it says in Matthew 25: Before Him will be gathered all the nations, and He will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Now, here's the thing: all this should, should we should be able to say at this point. No wonder. No wonder of all the people in the world, all the types of people, uh, God would choose to bring and record forever, right? For, in God's written word, we have this account of God appearing to his, the shepherds in the field, in the region of David. And we're, we're to understand this in a very deep way. We're, it's a very purposeful what God has done here. It's very appropriate that all these announcements would be made to the shepherds and um, that the son of David, that the... the um, These shepherds would hear the good news that there would be a son of David, Jesus, would come and be born not in a king's palace, but among shepherds, actually, sort of, you know, in the office of a shepherd, right, in, in a manger where cattle and animals are fed. That that the great God of the universe would be brought low, and be presented to losers like you and me. This is sheer grace. This is absolute grace. God humbling Himself to be born among the shepherds, among the losers of the world, among the powerless, the marginalized, among those of not noble birth, but of ignoble birth. We read in 1 Corinthians Paul's words, God chose what is low and despised in the world. That's me, that's you. Even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. That is... That news is so important. It's such good news. He came to the lowest people. And that means he comes to us. And that' why that is so important, that's why I need to hear this all the time. I've got to be reminded of this. I need to hear this all the time. The reason why that's so important is something that was said when the, the, the angel of the Lord was jo- joined by the multitude of angels and then the, the glory of God shone all around. And this is what was said in verse 14 of Luke. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, among those with whom he is pleased. Now that, <laughs> I hear that and I realize that message must not be for me because how can he be pleased with me? How can he be pleased with me? The grace that God gives is only for those with whom he is pleased. That puts me at a disadvantage immediately. Because we're like the shepherds. We need someone to be for us what we could never be for ourselves. Right? Right? And when I hear that news, that this, is, this news is glorious news. This grace is for those with whom he is pleased. I need something right there when I hear that. I need something immediately. I need a Savior. Um, that news does a couple of things for me. I get excited about it, but I can get depressed by it too because I need something. I need something. I need a Savior. And we, what we find is that Jesus has come to be for you and for me what we could never be for ourselves by our sheer will. I mean, if we had eternity, if we had forever, by our own effort, we will never be pleasing to God. Because we're lowly shepherds, and that's who we are. That's who we are. So I we'll hear that news. And um, I need to hear this news. What Paul says in verse 30 of First Corinthians chapter 1. God is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. God not only announces the news that he will, he's coming for those with whom he is pleased, but he also announces, I'm going to make a way for you to be pleasing to me. His name is Jesus. He will be your righteousness. He will be your righteousness. He will be your sanctification. He will be what sets you apart. You will be pleasing because of Jesus, not because of you. Because of Jesus. And see, this is the thing that we find out. We have only one thing to boast in. We have only one thing to boast in, and his name is Jesus. It's the birth of Jesus. It's the life he lived that you and I could never live, given a million, billion, trillion lifetimes. It's the death he died that we deserve to die. We deserve that death, but he took it for us. And then he rose from the dead showing that the father was pleased with that sacrifice and then he ascended into heaven to be our advocate until he comes again to come and get us. Christmas is for losers, it's for the humbled. It's for you and me. Those of us who have are left not to boast in anything else but Jesus, not to boast in the town we're from or who is even from our town, <laughs> you know? We don't have we can't boast about that. We can't, you can't boast about our jobs. We can't boast about what we've done. None of those things matter. We boast only in Christ. And he brought, he, we were low and He brought us high in Christ. And that's the only thing we boast in. Paul tells us that so clearly. Um, and so here's the truth too. We boast in Jesus, the Word, who became flesh. And John says He dwelt among us as a good shepherd, touching and healing. He dwelt among us. He came among the losers. He came to us. He didn't stand back. He came with us, to be in with us. And it says that um, he became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen his glory, glory of the one and only Son from the Father. And this is such a critical part of it, too. It says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. Not just truth, because truth alone tells us that God only comes for those with whom he's well pleased. That's true. Because he's holy, he can only be with those that are holy as well. He's righteous. He can only be with those that are righteous. And so we look at ourselves, which is true too, we see how far, what losers we are. We see it. We should see it. We see the holiness of God, and we see there's a problem. The truth presents a problem for us. Grace is the answer to that problem. Isn't that awesome? It's Grace is the answer jesus becomes for us what we could never be for ourselves he is our righteousness he's our sanctification and christmas the only way we see christmas is if we see ourselves as losers as we see that truth we see it we see our need we um well we see i just like shepherds we need something because guess what we make a mess of it our reputation is just like the shepherd's reputation right we're robbers and cheats we cheat from our families we cheat time from them. We cheat them with the things we think about them, the things that we say. Um, we're robbers. We steal from all the people around us. We steal um, the kinds of things we could be giving to our neighbors. We hold them and hoard them to ourselves. We don't give of ourselves. We're, we're robbers and cheats. Um, we, should, we shouldn't be allowed to be witnesses. No one should ever be able to buy anything from us. That's who we are. And that's the truth. We need We need a good shepherd, and that's where grace comes in. Grace says, there was one who was born that will be for you what you could never be for yourself. That's grace. And truth says, well, grace tells us it's covered, but truth says, yeah, you know what? It's covered, but it came at a great price. Jesus was born to die. That's what he came to do. He was born to die for you and for me. And see, Christmas really is for losers, because we're the ones who nailed Jesus to the cross. Um, John 10 says this. more on, When Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd, he says, for this reason, this is Jesus speaking, he says, for this reason, the Father loves me. Can you imagine what that reason is? For He's about to tell us. For this reason, this is why the Father loves me. Jesus speaking. And this is what he said. Because I laid down my life. That's why the Father loves me. I, I may, and I may take it up, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up. This charge I have received from my Father. Jesus is the newborn shepherd king. That's what Christmas, really, we're celebrating. He's the newborn shepherd king, born to die so that your sins would be paid for, and that you would be lifted up from your loser status. You would be lifted up. And this is uh, one more passage here. This is from Hebrews 13. You see how all this ties together. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the Great Shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do that you may do His will. So this is God's equipping us everything that we can do His will, and this is what it says: working in us that which is pleasing in His sight. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The peace of God has come for those with whom He is pleased. For those that see their need, because the, to the degree that you see your need is the degree that Christmas will impact your heart. To that degree, when you see your need is when Christmas invades your heart. Um, let me give you this last little part here. Let me just remind you where we started Christmas is for losers. It really is. Christmas is for losers. That includes me, that includes you. Because we learn that God chose what is foolish. He chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. And see, if you don't see your need this morning, if you don't see yourself as a shepherd, shepherds knew their status. (laughs) They were told you can't even be a witness. When you sell something to somebody, it's got to be like sort of underneath the counter (laughs) because they're not supposed to buy stuff from you. You're a robber and you're a cheat. So if you don't see yourself as needy, if you don't see yourself as a loser, Christmas is going to seem foolish to you. Because if you don't need what Jesus offers, then it's just foolish. Why did he have to come to die? It seems foolish on the surface. But we have seen the truth that we're needing. We see that truth. The gospel comes alive through the eye of need. And when we see our need, the truth of Christmas comes alive for us. And so the foolishness of of Christmas becomes the glory of God, right? And that's who we are. We're, we're as, as that truth invades our heart, the foolishness of Christmas becomes the glory of God. But that leads us to do foolish things for others, right? Because if God has rescued us, and he has forgiven us, when we're that low, listen, that person that you're holding a grudge against right now, that person that you're thinking those thoughts over, you've got to be foolish and go over there and, Ask forgiveness. Um, It seems foolish on the surface. The world would tell you not to give forgiveness to somebody like that. You're to hold a grudge because guess what? In this world, it's dog-eat-dog. But because of Jesus, because you see yourself as a loser who's been pulled up and been given everything, you can go over and forgive that person, period. Go love them. Just forgive them. And then the person next to you, in your neighborhood, whoever it is, you can go and serve them. They can walk all over you now. It doesn't matter. You can serve them with reckless abandon. You can do the foolish thing of serving them without wanting anything in return because you've been given everything. He came to us shepherds, us lowly shepherds, us losers, and he gave us everything. And now we have nothing to lose in this life if you love somebody and forgive somebody well because you've been given everything. You have nothing to lose, right? You have nothing to protect. Anymore? At all. So let's go and do that. Here's the truth. Run to the manger just like the shepherds did. They saw their need. They've been just given this incredible news. So run to the manger. See both grace and truth. The truth tells you you're a loser, grace says, but Jesus loves you anyways. He on the cross saw your life. He saw the mess you were going to make of it. He saw every bit of it, and guess what? He still stayed. If you know, I would think he would want to get down off the cross after looking at my life. just go, "This one is, no, not this one." But he stayed. He stayed. And that's the truth, and that's grace. So let's rejoice. and let's go out there and show the love of Christ to everyone, because we have nothing to lose, right? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this message. Father, I hope it's a simple message. I hope the truth that, yes, Christmas is for losers, but, Father, um, that that's the truth. We're losers, but the grace is that Christmas is for us. Uh, Jesus now has lived the life that we couldn't because we're losers. He died the death we deserved, um, but father now we 've been set free we 're not under the burden uh, the, the, the burden now of the law ever again, but father now we 've been freed up to to keep the law we 've been freed up to, to go love others well that 's who we are now we 're shepherds now who can run, we can run and not grow weary we can we can take up our wings like an eagle to go and look into the face of Jesus. We can run now father you 've set us free you 've set us free and father um, let us not forget our, our status, where we've come from. Let us not forget that. Let us humble ourselves, Father. And what did you say you would do? You would lift us up. Oh, Lord, thank you for this truth, for the truth of the gospel. That Christmas is for losers. Lord, thank you. In Christ's name, amen. Now we've got to sing, right? Let's sing.